By the end of the parsha, Rashi um, quotes the word Bechoron in the parsha, where it says that by Yomos Terach Bechoron, uh, Terach dies in Choron, and he explains that the Nun, Hafucha, the, the, the Nun is upside down, the final Nun of Bechoron is upside down, and this is to teach that until Avram came along, there was anger of Hashem in the world. Now the simple meaning of what Rashi is telling us, is not that the upside-down nun in itself tells us that there was anger till Avram came along. There's anger of Hashem. Because what would be the connection between this anger and this upside-down nun? Rather, this upside-down nun is coming to hint that in addition to the simple pshat of the word Becharon, which means a city, Charon, the word also has another explanation, another meaning, that the word Charon could also be understood as Charoin, which means anger, Charoin af. Now, what would be then the connection between anger and this Pasuk? And that's why Rashi is telling us that up until the time of Avram, there was Hashem's anger. So the word Becharon could then be explained as anger. However, that still is not completely understood because Rashi's explanations, Rashi's translation of the word Becharon, that it means Charoinaf, it means anger, has to be also in accordance with the general idea, with the content of this very Pasuk. What's this Pasuk speaking about? It's not speaking at all about Avram. Rather, it's speaking about Terach. Vayomos Terach Becharon, the Terach dies in Charon. So why is Rashi using this expression? Ad Avram Charoinaf, until Avram there is anger. Why isn't he somehow associating it with Terach? Why don't you say that now there was Hashem's anger until Terach dies? So the explanation is, since the Pasuk says Vayomos Terach Becharon, if we should learn that the anger of Hashem is in connection to Terach, then that would have meant that the anger is regarding Terach until the time he dies. But clearly that cannot be. Because according to Rashi's way of learning, Rashi tells us that Terach did Shuva a long time before he, he, before he dies. And this is what's causing Rashi to learn that the anger of Hashem that's hinted in the Pasuk is not anything to do with Terach himself. But rather, it means Hashem's anger that was generally in the world. But then you'll ask, if that's the question, if that's the case, then why is Hashem's anger in the world specifically connected to this pasuk of Ayomos Terach Becharon? If it's nothing to do with Terach's dying, it's nothing even to do with Terach at all. Especially as we said that Terach did tshuva way before he passed away, and this is why Rashi says. Ad Avram, and then until Avram comes along, there's Hashem's anger, meaning to say that what the Pasuk is telling us about the anger is connected to the very next Pasuk. This upside down Nun of Ayomas, Terach Bacharim, which the Parsha finishes off with, is connected with the very next Pasuk. The next Pasuk is where Hashem is telling Avram, Lech Lecha, to go to Eretz Yisrael. In other words, with this upside down Nun of the word Bacharim, the Torah is hinting, that up until this point, until Avram comes along, there is Hashem's anger in the world. And when Avram comes, and he starts illuminating the world with godliness, as the Pasuk says, Hashem He calls that in the name of Hashem. This is now what removed Hashem's anger from the world. However, says the Rebbe, it's still not completely understood. Yes, it's all true that right, right after the word Bechoron, 
immediately comes the pasuk of Ayoyimer Hashem El Avram, where Hashem is telling Avram to go to Eretz Yisrael. But it's still difficult to learn that the upside down nun of Bukharon is connected to the, excuse me, to the next pasuk. Why would the word the upside down nun of Bukharon have anything to do with the next pasuk? So therefore, the Rebbe explains that generally, when we have a final nun in a word, a final nun is like any of the other final letters, which represents a certain end, a certain ending to something, ending of a word, for example. Within the Oisiyah within the final letters themselves, so specifically, the final nun, the shape of the final nun, which is a long line, is unique in the in in the the shape itself is showing that it's dividing, making a complete separation between two sides, and in a way that it's an absolute separation, because in a final nun, the shape of the final nun, different to some of the other final letters. For example, in a kuf, there is some sort of split, some sort of break within the letter itself between the upper part of the kuf, what looks like the resh, and the line of the kuf, whereas the line of the final nun is a complete line from top to bottom, representing that you can't even pass from one side to the other. From the fact that the Torah is taking this final nun, and specifically making a change in this final nun of Bukharon, to indicate the idea of Hashem's anger, and furthermore, it's only the nun that's being changed in this word, even though, Technically, we should have changed the whole world, the whole word. The whole word charon is connected to charoin. In fact, says the Rebbe, sometimes the word charoin is actually spelled even without a vav. Exactly like charon. But from the fact that the Torah is only making the change or the hint within the nun, that's telling us that this charoin is now being stopped by the end of this parsha. In other words, by this word charon, this is exactly where the complete stop is happening. And therefore, Rashi tells us that till Avram, in other words, until this point, the next point is going to be Avram. So up until here, there's the anger. And right over here, the anger is going to stop because Avram is now coming along. However, says the Rebbe, we could still ask a question. Even though it's true that the Nun is hinting that it's making an absolute split or a separation between two sides. In our case, making the separation between the end of Parshas Noyach and the beginning of Parshas Lech Lecha. Still says that but there are two ways how we could express this or how we could say this. One way is that the Charoin Af is until the end of Noyach, until the end of the period of Noyach. In other words, saying it in a more positive way that the anger is lasting up until a certain point. Not speaking about the interruption of the anger, when the anger stops. Another way of saying it is, that the Charoin Af is until we start Lech Lecha, which is, in other words, really saying it like in a negative way. We're saying when there's no longer any anger anymore. So this is the question. Since Rashi is coming to explain the word Becharon, which is the end of Parshas Noyach, seemingly he should have said the first option, the first way, that the Charoin Av, the anger, is until the end of Noyach, until the end of the period of Noyach. Why is Rashi focusing that till Avram is the anger? In other words, the emphasis is more like speaking about the cancellation of the anger, the stopping of the anger. But in truth, says the Rebbe, it's not a question at all. Why? Because the period of Parshas Noyach, Parshas Noyach, as we just said, finishes with the words, Vayomos Terach Becharon, Terach dies. 
But we owe, but we said that the dying of Terach, actually, Rashi tells us one Rashi earlier, he says that Terach dies 60 years after what happens in the next passage, that Avraham Avinu comes to the land of Canaan. Therefore, says the, Rashi, says the Rebbe, Rashi cannot say that up until the end of Noyach, that's still where the anger is, meaning up until the time of Terach's death is the time of Hashem's anger in the world, because when Avram comes and illuminates the world, which is at least 60 years before Terach dies, that's when he's going to Eretz Yisrael, there's already no more any anger. So clearly the anger is not going till the end of Parshas Noyach, where Terach dies. And this, this is the reason why Rashi is focused and says, until Avram, not saying until the end of Noyach, but until Avram there's anger, in other words, coming to emphasize the idea that the, that separation that the Nun makes, the, 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 the finishing off of the anger, even though yes, it's true, it's hinted in the end of the Parsha, but it's really not to do with the period, with the time of Terach dying, but really just with the general time of up until Avram, and until that point, meaning the first ten generations. So, so there's the end of the period till Avram, and now there is the generation start, the next generations which start the period of Avram Avinu. Says the Rebbe, but there's still further clarification that we need. Why is it actually at all necessary for the Torah to put in this upside down nun and to tell us that for the ten generations until Avram there is Hashem's anger? And then that it all stops. Seemingly, this is something that would be understood by itself. Since there is so much sin going on in the world, there is so much idol worship, so it's quite clear that Hashem wouldn't be happy with their conduct, and that Hashem is angry. And there's Hashem's anger in the world. Says the Rebbe, the explanation is, because when we learn in the Parsha about the people of those generations, and we see the tremendous arichos yomim that they had, the longevity, the, the long life that they had, much more than 120 years, it's very difficult to understand. How is it possible that Rishoim should have such arichos yomim? And th- a person may think, the Svara may come up, that despite the fact that they sinned, nevertheless, for whatever reason, for example, as the Torah describes by the Deir Flogo, which that's that they were all united. The idea of peace. Another example, Kibud Av, as Rashi himself speaks about over here, regarding Avraham Avinu. But there's general ideas that maybe there were some positive things about those people that the still liked about their conduct and he was happy with them. And maybe that's why they're having such long life. This is why the Torah is putting in this upside down noon that to indicate how Hashem was clearly not happy with them. And not only wasn't he happy, but on the contrary, Hashem was very angry. There was Hashem's anger in the world. I, you can ask the question, so what's with this longevity? What, why are they having such harikos yamim? So the Rebbe says, because that's what Hashem decided. And we don't actually know the reason. Or, you might say, something that might fit in with simple meaning, you might say, in a simple understanding, that it could be simply understood, even logically, that Adam HaRishon, who was made, handcrafted by Hashem, surely he should have tremendous arichas yamim. If not for the Chet Etzadas. And the further the generation is from him, so then weaker and weaker is, is, is that arichas yamim, 
And therefore, the closer the generations is going to have automatically um, more arichas yamim than our generations. Now, even though Rashi and Derech Hapshat clearly does not tell us a reason why those earlier generations, 10 or 20 generations, had such arichas yamim. However, in truth, Rashi is giving a remez that would fit with more the Derech Hasoid with the, with the inner parts of the Torah, with the secrets of the Torah that actually hints to this to idea of why they had Arichas Yomim. And the Rebbe says, we discussed many times, that in Pirush Rashi, there's actually hidden, Yenushal Torah, the wine of Torah, the Pnimi Torah. How do we understand this? Razal tells us, that in the 26 generations before Matan Torah, the world was being sustained purely just by the kindness of Hashem. In other words, they were sinful, they didn't deserve necessarily because of their avoider, they were being nurtured, they were being sustained because of Hashem's kindness. Chassidus explains that these generations were being sustained through a level of chesed which is higher than Ishtal The level regarding which we say, that if you sin, or if you have a, if, if you have many, many sins, what are you really doing to Hashem? Or if you did righteousness, what are you giving to Hashem? In other words, we're speaking about a place with in godliness that's completely higher than the whole realm of mitzvahs and averos that it should impact anything. And therefore, even those that are going against Hashem's will, even those that are acting in a sinful way, could still be getting chais because it's a, a realm that's completely beyond the whole concept of avoida. Now, since there's a general difference between these 26 generations of before Matan Torah and those that are after Matan Torah, just like there's this difference, in a similar way there's within the 26 generations, we could also differentiate in two groups. There's the first two, 20, there's the first 20 generations before the time of Avraham Avinu, before the time that's described as the Shnei Alafim Torah, the two millennium of Torah, by them, there was this idea of Nizoyin in Bechastesh Lakadish Baruch that they're getting sustained purely by the kindness of Hashem, completely higher than Ishtashalus. That's in one way, and it's going to be in a different way, much more than in the next six generations up until Matan Torah. And this is what Rashi is actually hinting to when he says that until Avram there was Haroin Af. What's this? Why is he using this expression, charoin af? Seemingly, there's no need for this word af. Rashi is coming to tell us that the word charoin, which means anger, is connected and is hinted in the word charon. So Rashi could have just said the word charoin. Why does he need to add the word charoin af? Says the Rebbe, because in the word af is hinted this idea of those generations being sustained by the kindness of Hashem, a level of chesed that's higher than Ishtashalus, because this level of af, as we'll soon discuss, represents this oir, this energy of Hashem that's completely higher than Ishtashalus. How does this work? So the Rebbe says, Rashi tells us in Pasha's Bishalach that the word charon is from the same shoyresh as the word choro. And the word choro, says the Rebbe, we actually find not only in like choroaf, which would mean which would mean anger, but we also find it in connection to in, in association coming together with the word goroin, which means the throat. We have the pasuk that says nichar groini. 
Nicha groini means the heart, the, the throat is dry. And Rashi actually tells us the word nichar is also from the same expression, the same shayrish as the word chara. So we have two ideas in chara. We have chara as it's associated with chara, af with anger. We have chara in connection with this idea of the throat being dried out. These two pirushim could, are also connected with the word charon of our Pasuk. First of all, there's what Rashi tells us over here, that charon af shal makim, that it represents Hashem's anger. But there is also what Chassidus tells us and Kabbalah brings, that the word charon, the gematria of the word charon, if we add one more for the general word called imakoilel, is the same gematria as the word goroin, as a throat. We also said charon is the same letters and associated with the word nicha, which means drying out. So it's connected with this idea that we said before, this passing that we quoted before, nichar groini. So charon also represents on this idea of the throat being dried up. And therefore, what happens when the throat is dry, then the voice cannot pass through in the proper way as it needs to. Says the Rebbe, the difference between these two ideas of whether we're speaking about chara af or chara in the sense of nichar groini associated with the throat being dried. So the Rebbe says the goroin, the throat, is the intermediary between the roish, the head, the brain, and the part of the body that has the heart. That means that the hashpa, that flow of energy coming down from the seichel of the moyach, coming down into the midoy shebelev, into the emotions of the heart, go through that passageway called the gorin, called the throat. When the throat is in a state of dryness, it's representing that there is some lack of flow, it's not allowing the hashpa of the intellect to come down into the heart, into the emotions. This is all chara, or charon in the sense of being connected to the throat. When we connected with the idea of chara af, what's the af? Af is the idea of the af. Literally translated is the nose, and the nose, speaking in the darkness of spheroids, etc., etc., is a level that's actually higher than intellect, higher than chachma, because chachma is the beginning of ishtalshulus. But the nose, which is associated with smell, with scent, reaches deeper and higher than seider ishtalshulus. Says that this is what Rashi is telling us, and he's being medayik, he's precise with his words, and he says that in our passage, he says, Charon is connected with Charoin Af. He doesn't just say Charoin, Charoin Af. Meaning, that we're not speaking about the Charon, that's like Nichar Groini, like the throat being dried, which is again that block between the Seichel and the Midois. Why? Because since we're speaking about those generations, the first 20 generations before Avram, the generations of the 2000, before the 2000s of Torah, which are co- being sustained completely from the chesed that's higher beyond the shtalshlus completely, higher than chachma. If that's the case, then it's really irrelevant what's happening with the goroin, with the throat, which is supposed to be the passageway or the intermediary between chachma and that which is lower than chachma. Here we're speaking about a le- level of higher than the that's beyond chachma. So who really cares what's going on under, beneath chachma? This is why Rashi emphasizes the word charoin af, meaning that they are getting from this level of the oil that's completely higher than Ishtashalus. And this is what Rashi is telling us, that this sort of seder, this sort of order, that those that are going against Hashem's will should be able to get chayis, should be able to get their hashpah, their energy from this level of higher than Ishtashalus, 
that could only go until Avram. This is when it stops. Because this is a seder of the two, first two millennia, what's called the Shnei Alafim Toyu, before we start the two, two millennia of Torah. When we start the two millennia of Torah, this is when Charoin Af needs to stop. This is when it stops. This Hashpah of just coming from higher than Nishtalshlus in a way that can come to anyone without any sort of Avoida is interrupted now. Because now starts what we call the Medida, the measurement according to Torah, that all the Hashpahs need to go down through the calculation, through the intellect, through the order of Torah. Says the Rebbe, this is also the inner reason and the inner explanation that the idea of Tilavram, there is this anger of Hashem in the world, or the way we're translating it now, this level of higher than Ishtalshlus is hinted specifically in this final one. Why is that? With the beginning of the 2000 years of Torah, which start with Avram Avinu, the Oyer Makiv, this very, very great light that's higher than Ishtalshlus, is now starting to come into a Pnimius in an internal way, rather than remaining just above and beyond. When the oil of higher Nishtalshlus is coming down now, in being drawn down into a Pneumius, now there could no longer be any Yenika Lechitsoyne, meaning Klippa could no longer feed off and get nurtured by this oil, as it's known. That from this level of hash, the oil makiv, of this very, very general, all-encompassing light, that's higher than Nishtalshlus, Klippas could only get chayis, could only get the chayis, only if that energy remains makif, not coming at all internally. Where as soon as this oil makif, this all-encompassing general oil, is drawn down into a primius, now it could only go towards Kedusha. Says the Rebbe, so this is why it's hinted in the Nun Pshuta, in this final Nun. In the idea of a final Nun, we find two ideas which are really like two extremes. On the one hand, the number of Nun, which is 50 of course, represents the 50th gate, that which is higher than Ishtalshalus. On the other hand, the shape, the form of the final Nun is a long line, like a long leg, which is repre- represents the idea that this highest level is being drawn down very, very low. In other words, this Nun Pshuta, this final Nun, is all about being Mamshir, that Erd, it's higher than Ishtalshalus, what we call a Maila, Maila Adin Ketz, Ga Hashem, the way he's in his highest, highest form, but down into the lowest place. And when you have that high energy, but coming down as it is in a Pnimi, is the way down below, that automatically causes that the Klippah should no longer be able to get sustained by the Sawyer, and the Hashpah goes only to Kedusha. Says the Rebbe, as this is explained in Lukutei Torah, in regards to the final noon of the words bakun, that we need to cleave to Hashem. That this greatest idea of bakun cleaving to Hashem, but we need to bring it down like the final noon, down below that even down in this world of action, in this, within our physical world, it should be kulei kodesh Hashem of all of our actions and all of our world should just be completely holy to Hashem. And then there's no room for the sitra achra, for the klipos, to get any nourishment at all. Says the Rebbe, these two alafim of Torah, these two millennia of Torah, are a hakdama and achana, are a preparation to the two thousand, the two millennia of Yemoisa Mashiach, which then we're going to have all of the makifim of nowadays, all coming down in Epinemius. And therefore there will be, as it says there in Lukutei Torah, as Ruach, Atuma, Avrim, and Ares, there will be no longer any Tumah, Hashem is going to remove all impurity from the world, the Vias Mashiach Tzitkeinu, Bukariv Mamash.